This is the Gopher Puck Live podcast, episode number 23, recorded October 9th, 2012. Welcome to season number two of the Gopher Puck Live podcast. Along with Hammy and Vigo, I am your host, Jupiter. So now you're probably asking, uh, who's this Vigo guy and where's Cardinal? Well, uh, Vigo is Eric Vigo. You know, Eric's written for GPL in the past and is now writing full-time for GPL. And he's kind of taking over for Ryan Cardinal. Cardinal decided to uh, retire from his GPL duties so he can more concentrate on being at home on the weekends because he doesn't have much time at home with, you know, with GPL and the Vikings work. So uh, he decided to hang him up. Uh, But uh, fear not. Cardinal will be back on a few podcasts this season, and he especially said he wanted to be on for the Sioux series, so shocking there. But nonetheless, we've got Vigo here, and Eric, Mr. Vigo, how are you doing? I'm doing quite well. Enjoyed uh, seeing some hockey last weekend and looking forward to this weekend. Indeed, indeed. College hockey is back. And of course, you know, a podcast wouldn't be complete without Hammy being involved. Hammy, how you been? Not too bad. I'm ready to get the season rolling. Uh, got a lot to look forward to, I think, this year. A little under the weather last week, so we decided to put off the podcast, which is just fine with me. Yeah, I was kind of like Dave Killer Carlson and Slapshot. You know, I had a little <laughs> bit of the cold, you know. So it's one of those things. I just couldn't make it onto the ice. So, Well, it's been six months, over six months, since we've done a podcast, and uh, a lot has gone on since then. Luckily for the Gophers... We haven't been affected too much. You know, we still got Bukestead, and we still got some other guys here on the squad. So, uh, Hammy, your off-season thoughts. I think it went pretty well for the Gophers this year compared to other years. I mean, you know, I was probably one of the people that, you know, I was actually pretty optimistic about Bukestad returning. Uh, I kind of said that throughout most of last year. I felt pretty good about the chances of him returning. Um, so, I mean, I feel good about that. And certainly, uh, you know, we've become accustomed to guys leaving that one year early as opposed to staying that extra year than what you uh, might expect. So, yeah, it was a great off season in that sense. Um, all the defensemen returning were pretty loaded up front. Uh, you know, we did lose a few guys to graduation that uh, were key players. Um, Matson and Patterson and Hanson were all, you know, solid players last year. But, uh, you know, I think we have a lot to look forward to. So, yeah, it was a good off season. Vigo, what are your thoughts? It went pretty well, didn't it? Yeah, uh, you know, I missed it being away in California last year, so I I didn't see as many games as I'd like to. But it's uh, it's always fun to come back and see a Gopher team that's ranked number one in the country and uh, be able to see a bunch of home games. So that's that's exciting. Uh, I think the only good thing about the lockout is the guys sticking around in college for another year. Um, a lot of guys have been pressured to leave at least a year early and some too because of the free agency starting earlier. So hopefully in the CBA, some of that gets tilted towards the NCAA a little bit, but, um, should be a loaded lineup. I mean, looking at them throwing out those three power play groups in the exhibition game, you know, any one of those could probably be a number one power play unit. So it should be fun to watch. I would agree. Well, we do have some bad news though. Um, we lost Connor Riley. Um, was it an ACL, MCL, something like that, Hammy? Yeah, it was something like that. It apparently happened during uh, 
one of those soirees that the players have at the beginning of the year. So, you know, stuff happens. I, I, you know, I don't think that he would have been counted on significantly this year. I mean, he probably would have played, you know, a lower line role um, just because, I mean, let's face it, the, the top two lines are pretty much stacked. And uh, so you're probably looking at him playing a third or fourth line role this year. And, and uh, you know, you're not going to get a ton of scoring opportunities and you're not getting power play and whatever. So it's a loss and certainly he, you know, he's a good player, but I think it's one of those situations where it's not something that is significantly damaging to their chances this year. Okay. Sounds like we're having some problems on the live podcast. So, but uh, we'll just keep on going through here. Um, so we've got that injury, you know, it's kind of, you know, did he get injured at a party? What happened? I guess we'll never really know. Um, but the season's coming along here. We had an exhibition game last weekend, and out of nowhere is Mr. Isaacson. Uh, no points last year. I think he got into, what, 11, 12 games? Do you remember, Vigo, something like that? Yeah, 11 games, uh, no points, one penalty. He show up in the score sheet once, but uh, no no points. And yet, three goals right off the bat. Obviously, it's an exhibition, but uh, obviously, uh, <laughs> that's a good thing. Well, I mean, the thing is, is that, you know, when people, talk, of course, do the natural speculation in the offseason about the Lions, uh, everybody's wondering, well, first of all, is that top line going to be kept intact? And secondly, if it is, you know, who's going to play that uh, second line right to right wing role and uh you know maybe playing kid like isaacson up you know is something that they are actually really strongly considering and um you know people forget he might not have had like spectacular ushl numbers but he was always a very skilled player in the high school ranks he's got very good hands um and you know if you're playing with some talented guys like rao and bukestad um certainly it's going to elevate your game. So he's capable of doing stuff like that. You know, is he going to be the main focus of that line? Well, no, but um, nonetheless, he has the capability of stepping into those kinds of roles. And I just think last year there just really wasn't the need there. And and he was, you know, it's kind of like what we saw with Nate Schmidt. I mean, he didn't really have find his way as a freshman, but then, you know, he explodes onto the scene, you know, as a sophomore. And, you know, I'm not saying that Isaacson's going to do that this year necessarily, but um, it's one of those things where you, when you get an opportunity, you know, it's time to step up, and he probably has that kind of skill to do something like that. What are your thoughts, Viggs? Yeah, I mean, Isaacson was a, basically a two-point-a-game guy at St. Thomas Academy, and he was almost a point-a-game guy in the USHL. So he's a, he's a goal-scoring kind of player, so he can really help out you know, on a scoring line situation. And anytime you're with Rao and Bukestad, you know, they're going to draw tons of attention every shift. So Isaacson's going to have tons of space in the offensive zone. And he's not going to have to worry too much about breaking out with those guys too. I mean, Bukestad could take the puck, you know, at the hash marks and get it into the offensive zone practically by himself. So should be nice for him if he can stay there. But, uh, you know, there's probably a lot of guys who'd like to be on that spot too. Yeah, well, we'd like to see him break out. Obviously, <laughs> he didn't get much playing time last year, didn't make any splashes, and uh, it'd be nice to to see him break out like we saw Schmidt. So, Well, what are you guys' thoughts overall on the whole exhibition game, besides Isaacson? Any thoughts? Um, the goaltenders, uh, what do you think? 
God, it's so hard to really even judge, you know, in those games, especially when you're out shooting an opponent like, you know, 60-something to 15 or whatever it is. But, um, you know, I, I I think it just kind of goes to show that uh, if you don't read into anything that, you know, certainly there's a lot of a talent on the team. The scoring ability is there. We've talked about how the defensive unit, I mean, that's going to be, to me, the, the most interesting story th- this season is, you know, how that lineup you know, is going to look defensively from night to night. Um, and of course, you know, we didn't see really a lot of opportunities for um, Wilcox or Shabrowski to get, you know, uh, tested seriously. And, uh, or at all, I mean, that a lot of people bring up about the Gophers in terms of this year and their chances is, you know, how's the goaltending going to be now that Patterson's gone. So, uh, still a lot of, you know, there's still a few questions, but it was a nice sign to see them, you know, pretty much dominate, you know, an opponent like that. Viggs, you know, we saw maybe one big save. I mean, one little kick pad save with a guy left out it, front, it, and that was about it. Had, it took Shabowski until about middle of the second period before he got any shots, and he got two right back-to-back, um, an odd man rush and a one-timer right in the slot, came up with both of those, didn't leave any rebounds, and then Wilcox came in and, he didn't get a ton of work either, so it'll be interesting to see how they deal with the traffic and the pace of the play and, and guys crashing and that because it's going to be a little bit different uh, once they get into college hockey with which how much pressure they'll get around the net. Definitely. Well, I think I fixed the podcast so people can hear it now. If you guys have any questions, just uh, send us a tweet at GoForPuckLive. So here's about 25 of you listening right now. So uh, send us your questions if you got them. Let's hear them. I hear music. I know that. Who's got TV going in the background? <laughs> Vigo? Yeah, uh, Juper, we're having a hard time hearing you. I think you're, you're having a hard time hearing me. Really? It's probably affecting us a little bit. Sorry. Yeah, Jupe, I can't hear you, buddy. Well, I hear myself. Can you hear me now? Can you hear I me hear now? You now, yeah. That is are weird. We, are we sponsored by Verizon? Uh, no, I don't think so. Yeah, you've been fading in and out for me a bit. You know, you were fading in with me earlier, too. Like I said, it, it's I have a kid. I think they're playing wireless games. I think it's messing up my internet right now. But not much I can do about it. I'm not going to go yell at my kids right now. I'll yell at them later. <laughs> um, well, let's let's move on then. Obviously, exhibition, a little boring, not much there, not going to get much information. But one thing we did see is we saw a ton of defensemen play. And we know a ton of defensemen are not going to be playing this season. Hammy, what are they going to do? They got eight guys. Yeah, well, you know, that's been, like I said, the big question of the offseason is, you know, we're returning all our guys. We bring in two high-level recruits in Brady Shea and uh, Mike Riley. And um, I, I, I really have said pretty much that you don't bring guys in like that and have them sitting in the stands more often than not. I mean, I just believe that, and I've said that some of the vets from last year are going to find themselves in either in the stands or maybe, you know, somebody playing forward, you know, because I just don't see those guys sitting. I mean, I believe that they'll give them opportunities to play and then see if they can sink or swim, you know, and, you know, I suspect that they're both going to swim pretty well. And I, I just, It'll be interesting to see. I, I it's a good problem to have. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I will see who the odd men are going to be. I, I would be, 
surprise. I, you know, my feeling, I kind of was a Hall critic last year, and I'd be, <laughs> I wouldn't be shocked if he... Uh, you were a Hall basher last year. <laughs> yeah, well, and I'd be surprised if he's not going to find himself in a difficult spot, you know, maybe even getting moved up to forward. I mean, he has... You know he has the offensive ability to to step into some kind of a forward role if they require it, and so does Ben Marshall. I mean, if they decided to move him up, um, but I, I really believe you know, and a few of those vets are going to be sitting most nights. Well, Vigo, we we heard from the coach Lucia Saturday night that uh, he didn't play Thompson because he was thinking about redshirting him, and that goes right into a question from Twitter. Jay Lewis asked, "Do you guys think Thompson?" is best suited as a red shirt this year, or should they just suit him up at forward? Uh, I definitely wouldn't put him at forward. Okay, Vigo, what about you think? I just think that he's just too – I mean, he's just not mobile enough, I don't think, to play that kind of a situation. I mean, um, to me, he's a stay-at-home defenseman type. That's what he's going to be doing. He's going to be a physical kid. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he's – Going to be the last man on a, on a depth chart for defense, so why not? You know, redshirt him if that's what you have to do. That's what you have to do. Yeah, the only way he's going to be seeing the ice this year is if they start to run into big time injury problems, or if they if they get into the the, the holidays and they're losing guys to so World Juniors and things like that, or mm-hmm. you know, if a guy for some reason were to leave. Um, I mean, that's the only way he's going to be seeing the ice. I mean, there's just so many skaters on the back end for Lucia to choose from that he's he's not going to fit in that lineup right now. I would agree. I think he's going to be uh, sitting the whole season. Well, let's look. On, let's move on to our predictions, guys. Um, obviously, it's we've taken six months off. Probably haven't prepped too much, but let's throw it out there. Obviously, I'm guessing both of you guys are probably going to pick Minnesota to, to win the league, but. Hammy, do you have any kind of rundown? Who do you think is going to be right there? The Sioux, I mean, Denver, who's going to be there with Minnesota this year? Well, you know, it's kind of interesting. I think that I look at the league sort of in a few different tiers this year. I mean, I think that there's no doubt that the Gophers in North Dakota are kind of the cream of the crop of the league this year. Um, You know, it's, it's hard to pick against the Gophers being the defending champs and pretty much returning the vast majority of their key players and, um, adding some, you know, young, some young talented guys. Uh, I, I would, you know, it'd be a little bit more of a difficult choice for me if Brock Nelson had returned to North Dakota, but you know, he signed that pro deal surprising to me that he did. But um, so I kind of think that as much as I think UND is uh, going to be a real good team this year, I think they might be just a tiny bit below the Gophers from what we can look on paper right now. It's on paper, of course. But after that, you know, I think that there's a, a little bit of a, a step backwards, and there's kind of like a tier of teams. I, I think like uh, Denver, Wisconsin, St. Cloud, UMD. I kind of see like um, those as the next four teams kind of in that order. I, I like uh, – I know Denver lost some key guys up front, but I think that they have very strong defense and goaltending, and I think that that's probably what they'll do very well at this year, and, and that will keep them in a lot of games and um, you know, probably find enough offense to uh, you know win. And I – you know, I think Wisconsin, you know, as much as we don't like Wisconsin, uh, you know, they return pretty much the vast majority of their key guys. Of course, they lost Justin, Justin Schultz, but that's a big loss. But That's um, a very big loss. <laughs> I think they'll be good. And I think St. Cloud, they got fortunate. You know, Drew LeBlanc is coming back. And then, um, you know, they didn't really lose anybody of of real significance. You know, Hanowski coming back. And 
Um, so I think that they're going to be much improved this year because they'll have some top veterans. And then Duluth, they lost a ton, you know, and so it's, you know, I don't know. I feel a little shaky about some of the, the bottom half, you know. I, you never I know. See, I mean, like I a Michigan Tech last year. Half, I could see them, you know, in that last home ice spot or two. I mean, it's really tough to judge at that point. But what about someone like a Michigan Tech? I mean, they they jumped out of nowhere last year, had a great start, and ended up, you know, playing pretty darn well. Can they keep it going? I mean, do you, do you think they could challenge and get that home ice? Yeah, you faded out a little bit there, Juke. You, well, I'm just, I was just saying, do you think that Tech can get that back to the home ice this year? You know, they, they made a pretty good jump last year. They had the new coach, kind of new enthusiasm. Do you think Tech can get up there and challenge for a home ice spot? Uh, I personally don't think they will this year. You think actually, they're, they're going to go right back to where they were? Tech to be Mankato. I actually think Mankato is going to be much improved this year with a new coach. And uh, I think, you know, I've had a lot of people, you know, and scouts like kind of compliment their top line a lot, thinking that their top line is going to be one of the better lines in the league this year. And, um, you know, I just think that when you bring in some new blood and as a head coach, and I'm sure there's going to be some renewed energy there. And, and I think that Mankato is one of those teams that's going to kind of pull one of those Michigan Tech situations and fight for home ice. I'm, I'm a big fan of Mr. Hastings. Um, he's done a great job everywhere he's gone. And I think you're right. I think Mankato, you know, they were very young last year. Um, but they had some signs. You know, like at the beginning of the year, they were slow. But at the end of the year, they started playing teams a lot better. Especially, you're going to have to go shoot your kid. Are you can't hear me still? Wow. I can't hear anything that you're saying right now. Well, I he- I hear you perfectly. Yeah. We're having a hard time getting you, though. All yeah. right. Well, hold on a second. I will go kill some kids. You guys talk to the live podcasters for a little bit here, and I'll go see what's going on. But uh, seriously, you guys keep talking. Um, no problem. I'll, go well, ahead. Do your, is, do your picks. Vigo, what do, you, what do you think about the league in terms of this but, year? Well, I definitely think, you know, Minnesota and North Dakota, 1-2, one, 2-1. Two, two, one. You know, either Minnesota gets good goaltending this year and they're able to stay at the top or their goaltending struggles and they, they fall a little bit behind in the conference race and maybe can't catch up at the end. Um, but I do think 3-10, through 10, you know, you could throw those guys into a hat and they could come out any which way and I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, there's so many good coaches in those programs and, you know, they have enough returning talent on most of those rosters where they could, you know, be surprising. I mean, you got a team like CC in their middle of the pack and, you know, both the, the coaches poll and um, I think in the rankings, you know, you'd put them in the middle. But with their goaltending, you never know. I mean, that, that can be a tough building to play in with the altitude and the travel. And, you know, I, I think they could be a top four team. Um, I think Nebraska Omaha could be a top four team. Um, they've got the most... NHL picks they've ever had on that roster, and uh, Blaze has a good history in the league, and you know they could be a surprise team as well. See, I'm not as high on CC this year. I, I just have this, you know, you're so used to putting them in the top half of the league, and and I when I was doing this, you know, looking at what do I think is going to happen with the league this year, I actually kind of struggled to put them any higher than like seventh, eighth kind of range. Because, and I'm like, ah, that just seems so unusual to have such a problem putting CC higher than that. But I guess, you know, they weren't, you know, outside of the, you know, uh, Schwartz brothers, they really didn't have a tremendous amount of scoring depth. And 
I, I just wasn't very high on what I saw from them last year. And of course they lose their best player. And so I, I don't, yeah, it's very difficult to really say, you know, what's going to happen with some of these things. And you know what the Gophers, everybody points to the goaltending as the big question, but the thing that they, I think, overlook, and as much as I, I really like Kent Patterson and his dad's a great guy, I'm kind of real good friendly with him. And, um, but, you know, Kent actually did not, from a statistical standpoint, play great in the second half last year. I mean, his save percentage was, I think, like 89% in the second half, something like that. It was pretty low. And, you know, if the Gophers can get, you know, that like 91% range, for a save percentage, you know, kind of what you typically try to shoot for. I mean, I think they'll be in pretty good shape in net. So um, we'll see how it goes with that. Well, I think their schedule should help out with that. Um, I know their schedule to start the first month of the year isn't as difficult as it's been in a couple of years past when they, you know, they face North Dakota and Denver right away. You know, they kind of get to ease into it with a, with a non-conference game here and then Michigan Tech. Um, so, I, so I think that should be helpful for Gucci and the, and the boys. Can you guys hear me now? Yeah, I mean, I I think that, uh, you know, North Dakota is gonna, certainly, uh, they're going to be right there. I mean, that's going to be, I don't suspect that they're going to have as many. I mean, you know, I, I was curious about, you know, that kind of off the ice drama with the drinking and all that. And you kind of start to wonder, you know, I mean, boys will be boys in college, especially. But you also start to think, you know, is the focus there? Do these do these guys have their head on straight? You know, I mean, that's the you know, when you think about college performance. I mean, that's the thing you start to wonder about is uh, whether or not you know these guys are going to have their head on straight. So I, that's the one thing with uh, North Dakota that I was wondering. I, was I hear yeah, baby it does, Vigo. It does seem like North Dakota is kind of a throwback '70s '80s culture. And, you know, we're in 2012 now, and so the media gets a hold of that stuff a little bit more. But they do seem to play by different rules up there. Yeah, that, well, there's no there's no doubt about that. They have a little <laughs> bit of a, a, you know, a lengthier rap sheet than most uh, programs have in the last five, ten years. So, yeah, and as far as, um, you know, I, I really like, uh, you know, I think St. Cloud is going to surprise some people this year. I actually think that they're going to be a pretty good team. Um, I think. You know, I think they have a pretty good defensive group. Um, you know, it might not be the best defensive group, and it might be it might have its flaws, but I think that it's pretty solid. And um, you know, Farragher showed that he could be a pretty good goalie. Although, you know, he had his he kind of might have slided a little bit in performance as time went along, and Lee kind of took over a little bit more again. But um, and I you know I think that they'll have some skill up front. You know, Hanowski, LeBlanc. I mean, those guys are are good players. And uh, so I really think that the, they're going to be a team that shoots up into the uh, home ice category this year. Yeah, so St. Cloud's power play has always been really, really good, and they've got the the guns to play this year. So, you know, I think if they can draw enough penalties, they'll be a tough team to beat. Well, you know, and the other thing with the thing about St. Cloud, especially under Matsko, I mean, it, it always seemed like it was the defensive group that was sort of holding them back. I mean, they've always had, you know, they had the lash and the row and, you know, they've had guys up front that could put the puck in the net. And, and, and so the, offensively, it's never really been much of an issue for them. And, and they've had some pretty good goalies during Moscow's era, but it's always been sort of that defensive unit that's sort of held them back. And, you know, I've always looked at defense as being the hardest area to really recruit in college because, you know, the sheer numbers of top guys are just not as many, you know, top end defensemen as there are say forwards, and uh, so I, I 
you know, I think that that's probably an area where they've struggled, but I think that they have a pretty good defensive group this year, and and I expect that to be much improved. Can you guys hear me now? Yeah, you're still fading in and out. Sorry, guys. Um, there's nobody on the internet here anymore. They stopped, so I don't know why you're not hearing me very well. Um, and Maybe I, it's your microphone sucks. It's not the microphone because everyone can hear me, actually, on the live like broadcast. It. So I don't know. Yeah. I think it might be Skype, actually, because the live broadcast picks me up on a separate feed. So who could knows? It could be that then. I don't know. It could be that. It, I think it's Skype's causing a little problems here. But can you hear me at least a little bit here? Yeah, well, it's I, in and out. Sorry. It, we'll just keep you in Cologne. <laughs> Too bad I'm not in Cologne. Um well, let's move forward. Let's look forward to the, the freshmen this year. The freshmen for the Gophers, you know, we've seen them all hit the ice. They all played last weekend except for uh, Connor Riley. But um, what do we have to look forward to? Are any of these guys going to be a Kyle Rau or another superstar in the making? Uh, and then what, what about the rest of the WCHA? Who's going to blaze a trail and be the next superstar in this WCHA this year, guys? Hammy. Well, as far as the Gophers go, I mean – I don't see any of the forwards making that kind of a dramatic row impact, you know, for a few reasons. First of all, there really isn't that need this year because of the depth of the team. Secondly, I just don't see the forwards that are coming in as being just that. This is one of those years where the high level forwards really aren't quite there. It's more of the role player types of guys. Maybe it's one or two of them could develop into a, a score as they get to be an upperclassman, but I, I really don't see that you know, forward that's, you know, going to be a dramatic impact kind of a guy, um, you know, right away. And, you know, I think part of that was they had, they were looking at next year's recruiting class and that's very much stacked. And I think they knew that they kind of had to be careful about how they spent their scholarship, you know, for this class, because they knew that they were really going to try to load up next year. That'd be my guess. I'm not obviously sitting in the hockey office, but that would be my guess. So the really the 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 impact guys are more than likely going to be Shea and Riley, like we talked about earlier. And um, Shea's got you know a lot. He's a good sized kid, can skate like the wind. I mean, he's a great skater. Um, you know, he's more of a defensive defenseman. I mean, he has the ability to you know to transition the puck and skate up with the puck. You know, with that speed, so he can create some offense. But I you know I I looked at him more of a you know a solid two way guy that. You know, it's going to be more defensive-minded, more than likely. Riley is very uh, skilled. He's He had a great year in the BCHL. He had a great USA uh, World Junior Camp this summer. Um, the kid's going to be an offensive dynamo. Um, certainly, uh, you know, I had somebody this summer tell me that they, they think that he's going to end up better than Goligoski was. Now, we'll see. But uh, Are you talking maybe Crowley-like? See how that goes. But, the, I mean... That kid, you know, I mean, he, he's not a big kid. He, you know, he's going to play defense based on positioning and, and being smart with his stick and all that stuff. He's not going to knock anybody around. But uh, his puck moving ability and he's he can shoot the puck real well. I mean, I would imagine that he's going to be very um, valuable on, like, that second power play unit. So I think that he's going to make a pretty big impact on the team this year. Now, do you think he's going to be Crowley-like? Well, I mean, I don't know. That's pretty you know, big, but that's pretty he's, high he's got the skills. Throw up to that level just because you never know. You, I don't know how many guys you're going to see hit those kinds of numbers offensively from a defensive standpoint again. But, um, 
Yeah, so I mean, and of course, probably the most important thing is, you know, what is uh, Adam Wilcox going to bring to the table? You know, I think that he's had time in the USHL, and um, certainly I would imagine they're going to probably alternate starts early on. That'd be my guess and see how things go. But uh, I think he's a very talented kid and can step into that role and be successful. We've seen a lot of WCHA freshmen step in to goal, you know, at various teams and do real well. And I don't see why he can't. What are your thoughts, Vigo? Yeah, I mean, up front, there's not really a lot of room for the freshmen to make an impact. Um, I, I just don't see any of those guys really stepping up. Um, the, the one guy on the sophomore class, Travis Boyd, I mean, you look at his age, I, I think he's actually a little bit younger than Mike Riley. And so he was one of the youngest players in college hockey last year. So I think you'll see him make an impact as a young player. But the rest of the guys, you know, they're going to be depth players fighting to get in the lineup. Um, with the defensemen, uh, Mike Riley and uh, Brady Shea both saw time as quarterbacks on power plays in the exhibition. And so I think that'll be real interesting to see you know, if that carries over into the season, um, I think that's how they can make an impact. Um, Shea shot the puck really well um, last weekend, and, and Riley kept making runs from the point into the zone and, and making stuff happen. He had a few turnovers, I thought, and um, that in his size might hold him back a little bit. I think especially maybe on road game situations, they might be a little more cautious with his ice time on the road when they can't control the matchups. But at home, I think he'll play more. And then uh, Wilcox in net, I mean, with the, with the big ice, gives him an opportunity to play the puck. Um, that's really one of his strengths. He's a really good athlete and skater. Uh, you saw that in high school. Um, it'll be interesting to see how that translates to the college game when you guys are faster. And uh, Lucia said at the conference call today that he's going to start off alternating the goalies. So he was kind of holding back at the media day last week with what he was going to do. But today he said they're going to alternate to start to see who kind of takes control or if both guys can get experience this year. Now, what about the rest of the WCHA? Is there any, any superstars out there that are going to, that might make a huge impact? Hammy, what do you think? Well, it depends, I guess, if you consider Rocco Grimaldi a true freshman. I mean, I know they consider him <laughs> a freshman for the award, um, I guess since he technically is considered that way this year, I mean, he'd be the guy that you point to as more than likely making the most dramatic impact as a freshman, quote-unquote, this year. Um, you know, it's interesting. We've seen this week with uh, Wisconsin and Curdles. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, we don't know if his situation is going to pan on. I mean, he certainly was looking like one of the top incoming forwards this year and uh if he's not you know if he might be he's losing this year and, and i would imagine he's going to end up playing um, major junior in canada if, if that happens so he would have been a kid that you'd point to as being uh you know that would make an impact and you know there's some good players all around i think that you look at the freshmen um you know that people vote for uh, you know on these preseason things and i you know, Walensky was a great player uh, in, at the USHL, and he'll be a great defenseman, I think, for uh, UMD. I think that they'll be pretty strong on defense because of guys like him. And, um, you know, I, it's hard to say, you know, what they've got some good incoming goalies. You know, Gothberg for North Dakota. We talked about Wilcox. I mean, that, it's, it's going to be an interesting year. I don't know that beyond Grimaldi I see somebody that's going to be blowing up, but I think that there'll be some real solid players. Any thoughts, Biggs? 
Yeah, I'm excited to see how Rocco looks. Um, I, I saw him play for the under-18 team a couple times, and he is quick. Um, with defensemen are making turnovers in the offensive zone, uh, no one's going to be able to reel him in. Uh, so he'll he'll be fun to watch a little bit from North Dakota. But, you know, I just don't know if there's the hyped guys in the rest of the league. Um, I think, you know, there's there's guys who are going to be given opportunities to, to jump out of kind of the weeds and make an impact, but it's it's really hard to – predict right now i think there just isn't a huge heralded guy out there yeah. besides rocco yeah and you know some of it of course is what's the team's particular needs i mean obviously when you come to the gophers this year they don't have those top six forward needs or things of that nature um where you have a team like duluth where you know you're losing guys like Connolly and and jt brown and you know some of those guys those freshmen could step in you know like an austin farley or you know they're not necessarily, uh, you know, the super big name recruit types, but they could step into a, you know, maybe one of those top six kinds of roles and, and make a little bit more of an offensive impact than you might expect because of their team needs. So it really, you know, of course, depends on the team as well. Well, yeah, the only player I'm interested to see is Austin Young and see what kind of impact he'll make at UMD because he's he's got some good bloodlines and good hands and. You know that small rink. He could he could really be a good player there. All right. Well, let's get back to the Gophers. And uh, do you guys have any thoughts on some players that you know? You talked about Boyd a little bit earlier, but you know maybe some of the sophomores that will step up. You know, we saw Isaacson this past weekend come out of nowhere on the top line. But you know, who can make a big jump? Is there anyone out there that could do that, Hammy? Uh well, I mean. Boy, it's it's tough or are we to just that loaded that defensively. I mean, I think that everybody is pretty much a known quantity, other than the incoming freshmen. I don't know that I see um, some drastic improvements among. You know, I really like Mark Alt, and I think that uh, you know, I hopefully we'll see him continue to step up and improve um, from uh, you know from last year's performance. I mean, he did pretty good last year, and I think that you know he certainly has that. Um, athletic ability and talent to make a big step up and be kind of a shutdown defenseman and also contribute, you know, a little more offensively so that he might be one on defense that I would, you know, point to as improving a lot. And, you know, I would like to see uh, Sam warning. I mean, I think he showed flashes last year and, and I know certainly his second year in the USHL, you know, he became more of an impact player. And I think that he has that speed and, and goal scoring ability, you know, play on that's you know on the second line with uh Hala and you know if they have if they maintain that with Budish there um yeah I think that he's a kid that could really step up and you know score a lot more this year and um, I do like Boyd you know we did touch on him earlier I think that people forget that I mean he played last year as basically at the age of a high school senior I mean he was 18 and uh you know he played you know he didn't score a lot but he certainly played very solid hockey all year long and, and I would imagine that you know he's starting to continue to find his way and improve. And I think in that third line role, you know, as a center or whatever, I mean, I think he could be making some kind of an impact as well. Vigo, any thoughts? You mentioned, uh, Boyd, I, you mentioned Boyd I earlier. Think, <laughs> I, I'm a big fan of Travis Boyd. Uh, you, you watch him work along the boards, along the wall. Um, he's a real thick player who knows how to protect the puck, get his head up and, and make the right play. And he doesn't just make the one play. He, he surveys his options and can make a lot of different plays off the wall. 
Um, he kind of reminds me a little bit of Oposo working along the wall like that. Um, I think he's got a real high ceiling for Washington. I think he's going to be a, a great player. And uh, Lucia was talking about maybe moving him from center to the to the wing. Um, and, you know, he might be a guy who might fit on, you know, a wing with Hala and Budish or Buxen Rao if Lucia wants to shake things up and, and kind of stack the top six. Um, so I think that's something to watch. Um, also, Ambrose. Um, you know, he kind of stalled out in his development a little bit and, you know, he, he made a little bit of impact last year, but I think he's got a big opportunity this year to, to play some minutes and, and to use his size and, and ability to make some plays. Um, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how Lucia handles the lineup. Um, he's, he said he wants to get his best 18 on the ice. Um, so we'll see how he does that. If he, if he moves any of the, the guys in the back end up front, if he stacks on the lines, um, if he if he does a checking line, it'll be real interesting to see. Yeah, I'll be curious about, you know, th- those are two. I mean, Ambrose, I'm really curious to see what kinds of improvements he's made. I mean, it's you can't tell too much in an exhibition. I, I really want to see how, how he looks that first month. And I think that's going to be key for him is to get off to a good start because I think that um, he's one of those guys I think that needs to – you know, gain some confidence and, and, you know, feel pretty good about the impact he's making. Uh, and, you know, certainly his, it's always been about skating for him. And if he can increase that foot speed a little bit and to go along with his size, I mean, he could certainly be a big asset in kind of that second to third line area. And, uh, you know, I'm also interested to see if they actually do move somebody up to a forward from defense. I think, you know, I've been saying it since the middle of last year, I, I, you know, I, I like the possibility of a Marshall moving up. You know, he's got the the skill, the speed to to you know do some damage offensively up up at forward if they needed him. And uh, you know, if Hull, I mean, I I don't, I'm not a huge fan of him on defense, but certainly, you know, he's got the size and he does have enough stick skills to uh, make an impact. You know, offensively, you know, up front. So, you know, maybe have him in a lower line role. It, it it'll be interesting to see what happens. Well, it'll definitely be interesting because this weekend we kick off the regular season with Michigan State. You know, we've been playing them for the past, oh, geez, almost 20 years every year, you know, with the College Hockey Showcase. And when that went away, you know, we went out to Michigan State last year and lost and tied. So it seems like Michigan State, we always have trouble with them. You know, we're never blowing them out. They've always been very competitive. Vigo, what are your thoughts on this weekend? Yeah, you faded out, Jupiter. Sorry, guys. Is that why Vigo's typing away? Thoughts this weekend on Michigan State? One of you. Uh, well, I mean, it's pretty, for me, it's hard to judge since I haven't really, I didn't really spend a ton of time watching Michigan State last year. And, uh, you know, I don't, I can't say I know a ton about them this year. Um, I, I do think that, you know, these early season games it really comes down to you know finding your way and and usually special teams play a big role because you you know some teams they just hit the ground running and other teams um you know it's it's more of a struggle and i think that's the one advantage the gophers have this year is that you know pretty much the vast majority of their special teams are intact especially on the power play and um so i would imagine you know the Gophers are going to do pretty well this weekend. Uh, I know it's what a little bit of an earlier start uh, on Friday um, than usual, but uh, 
you know, I think that uh, it'll be a good series. It'll be, you know, the Big Ten kind of a preview of the future, I guess you could say, in that sense. But, uh, yeah, I think it, it should be a good series and be competitive. And I would imagine that the Gophers will sweep. But I guess we'll see how it goes. What do you think, Vigo? Yeah, I mean, Michigan State, you know, they don't have a ton of high-end draft pick talent. Um, a couple of their draft picks are, are late-round flyer-type guys. Um, so so you don't look at them as you know an elite group of guys coming into your rank. Um, I think a key for the Gophers going in the weekend is stay out of the box. Um, in, the, in the Lethbridge game, I think they probably had three or four tripping penalties where guys were just getting lazy with their stick and putting them in the skates. And, and you start doing that against a, a well-coached team, and you can get in trouble. Um, so I think that's something to watch for a little bit. Um, but, you know, this is the number one team in the country for a reason. They've got tons of guys coming back. Um, Nate Schmidt has this game circled on his calendar, said during media day. He didn't like the way the Gophers played him last year. So I, so I don't think they're overlooking him by any means. So they're going to come out motivated and looking for a sweep as well. Well, since you guys are having a hard time hearing me, we'll keep this a little short. Hammy, is there any recruiting news out there? Anything going on in that end of the business? Uh, you know, I can't say there's anything front burner that I could point towards. I mean, I think nothing that um, we haven't discussed on GPL a little bit. Uh, yep. They've just been scouting the early season tournaments, you know, for the different junior leagues. And now that things are kind of in swing with the elite league and, you know, the USHL season's started i mean as far as i know it's been basically just the scouting and you know they'll have some guys in for visits i've heard a few names thrown around but haven't had anything too confirmed yet so i i won't throw them out now but um you know this is the time of year where you kind of start to some of these players start to separate themselves in that recruiting area and you get a better feel for uh you know who they're really going to target so i don't have anything right now but it it should be uh kind of clearing up here in the next month or two all right. Uh, you guys got any other thoughts on this weekend? Vigo? Um, one thing to look for, I think, is um, A.J. Michelson, if he gets in the lineup. Um, he's one kind of freshman we didn't really touch on. When he was playing with Hudson Fashion at Apple Valley, You know, he was really a, a player, and I think he kind of got lost in, in his way a little bit, his uh, junior, senior year of high school. And it Lucia was talking about him as a player who's done some really nice things. I know he missed his opportunity to play in the developmental camp this summer, but you know if he's doing the right things for Lucia now, you know there's a player who you know could be a little under the radar. Uh, Hammy, we got a tweet asking about Christian Horn and his role this year. Did, did you want to touch on that at all? Yeah, I mean, I you know it'll be interesting. I think that uh, you know he's a kid that, you know, a lot of these guys step into, you know, from like say the high school ranks and they were a star offensive player on their team. And, you know, sometimes they have a, a difficult transition when they're being called upon to play actually a different role, you know, at a higher level. And he's actually a kid that I could see transitioning into college and doing all right, because he was a very good all around player at Benilde. He's a, you know, a good two way player. He didn't just, kind of do some of what those high school stars sometimes do and kind of just float out at the blue line or, you know, float in a neutral zone waiting for somebody to give him the puck so they could go down and score. Um, he was a guy that, you know, would play defensive hockey. And so I think that I could see him stepping into, you know, one of those maybe like a fourth line role or, you know, I suppose if he's called upon to provide a little offense, he could do that. But, you know, I think that he has the ability to step in and 
and, you know, have an impact in a role player kind of a situation. I don't suspect he's going to be, you know, in any kind of an offensive role this year, unless there's some real injury issues. But uh, I think that he has a bright future, you know, as, as a really good two-way player for the Gophers down the line. All right. Well, if you guys don't have any more thoughts on this weekend, I think we're good to go, aren't we? Yeah, well, hopefully we uh, get the uh, Skype situation settled as we get into the podcast season. Uh, so uh, it'll, it'll go a little more smoothly. I, I wish I knew what the problem was, but I can't, you know, I best, I'm guessing we'd have to restart Skype and do all that good stuff. But uh, Hammy, you're always at Hammy Hockey on Twitter, correct? Correct. And Vigo, you are at E Vigo on Twitter, right? Yep, real simple. And you can uh, twit, tweet whatever those guys with questions every week, you know, and obviously you can email us at podcast at gopherpucklive.com or just tweet us live during the broadcast at gopherpucklive on Twitter. Well, that's it for this week's GPL podcast. We'll be back next week to recap Michigan State and kick off the WCHA schedule with a preview of Michigan Tech. Until then, thanks for listening. 